it is a full-time job that has no, you don't get a salary and you don't get, you know, there's no time off and there's no weekends. Welcome to this episode of Hang It. Today the team will be chatting about our experience of job hunting in the arts. I'm Matilda. I'm Julie. I'm Sophie. And I'm Annie. Hangit is an online platform providing young people with the tools to understand what a career in the cultural sector might look like. We're a team of four graduates fresh out of uni. We're currently going through the long process of searching for, applying and interviewing for jobs in the art world. We all started job hunting in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Annie has just succeeded in getting a job at a commercial gallery in London. Um, But obviously it's a really tough time to be looking for work in this sector. Although we're not experts in job applications, we do have the insight of our own experiences and wanted to share our advice and frustrations in this conversation in the hope that it's useful for anyone, even if just to remember you're not alone. So I'll just start by uh, going around and asking what kind of jobs we're all looking for. Yeah, so when I embarked on the job hunting process, I think all of us were looking for kind of public museum and institutional roles but we all know that that is the sector in which has been hit the hardest by the pandemic and so I think we've all had to kind of strategically adjust our thinking to think about where the jobs actually are. I'm interested in working directly with artists so I was looking at kind of artist liaison roles and also studio roles working with artists in their studios Um, and as Tilda mentioned have very recently very fortunately found a role um, as artist liaison and communications coordinator at a commercial gallery in London. Yeah, well, I'm mainly looking for communications and marketing roles. Uh, Well, originally in public museums specifically, but I've kind of broadened my horizons uh, since starting looking. So now I am looking at commercial galleries. Um, Yeah, similar to Julie, marketing and comms roles, but also um, kind of, yeah, commercial galleries of, I found there's more jobs there at the moment because they're reopening earlier. I got really interested in interpretation uh, while doing the Masters and recently have um, seen a a couple sort of education officer roles and um, working with young people uh, for arts organisations. So the next question, where do you all start with searching for a job? Uh, What's your beginning point? I'm thinking way back to September when I first properly was looking for jobs. It was initially linked in because I think at that point I didn't actually know where the arts jobs were I personally don't think LinkedIn's actually that helpful I get quite a lot of like spammy jobs on there that's a word (laughs) um and then I found Leicester jobs desk quite helpful for more public gallery roles um and then I guess the best thing I found actually more recently is the arts the arts council arts jobs but they have a a daily email um which comes out like eight o'clock at night I think um, and just tells you all the jobs you like put in a filter of like location, salary range. I would say that Artstrobes is the website that I've been refreshing the most. Employers, galleries, museums, but also any arts organisations. Another one is Creative Access. I think it's also worth just adding in a point to say that Creative Access, which is a great online resource, is Um, a particularly useful resource for people who are underrepresented in the arts and kind of caters for those applicants um, quite actively so is a really great resource. 
But something I've realized, some roles are not advertised on those portals. I think I was really limiting myself, refreshing those free websites constantly. And since I've sort of stopped doing that and actually looked up galleries, especially commercial galleries in London, I've found a lot more roles that are not advertised there. Or looking at, if you're looking commercially, you can go onto art fair pages to get a list of what the different galleries are because you might not be familiar with what the commercial gallery sector looks like. So things like Freeze or Masterpiece or, um, you know, even the other art fair is a good one as well. Um, or the affordable art fair because there'll be smaller galleries. Also getting sent things through Instagram. So I would really definitely check the the stories and feeds of the galleries you're interested in working with because they often advertise on Instagram before they do elsewhere. There are also some great um, Instagrams that just do sort of weekly roundups though, aren't there? Like Run the Check and If You Could and Creative Graduate has a couple, I think. But one thing that we're going to talk about a bit later, I think, is also recruitment companies. Um, and how ultimately, I think at the moment, with the job market so oversaturated with applicants, a lot of companies are using recruitment companies um, to just streamline the process for them. And just to say that we have collated a list of the websites that do these roundups of, of jobs on the Hangit website in the Useful Resources tab. Also, just to mention that the Kickstart scheme has also started, where the government is providing funding uh, to organisations to create new job placements for 16 to 24-year-olds on universal credit who are at risk of um, like long-term unemployment. Um, so now going on to applications, what would be your top advice for arts job applications? I think it's important to say that, you know, we don't work in HR and we're not experts. So this isn't sort of be all and end all advice. I think just first write a cover letter that's not necessarily specific to a place, but um, just has like the bulk of what you're going to say that kind of applies to any job that you apply to, like that just kind of maps out your experience, your skills that you have. You know, there's every job has skills that are the same across all of the jobs you look for but then you can just use and tailor to every job you apply for so I have my cover letter is just like the middle bit is where I like talk about my master's experience my work experience other things I've done I want to mention and then the first paragraph will be specific to the gallery or the place I'm applying to as to why I want to work there or what I like about them. I can definitely tell which of my applications I spent less time on which are less tailored so often I'll go and do uh, sort of like paragraph headings, which doesn't look that that professional. Someone who's flipping through CVs, if they on their job, job description has sort of four bullet points, then putting those headings above each paragraph so it's really bold and clear. Particularly for large institutional applications, really try to use the words, the keywords that they use in the job um, description in your cover letter, because there are cases in which the first scan that is done of your application will be done by a machine, not by a human being. For me, what I've found really useful, and that is a general advice for anyone looking for work, is to know how much time I can spend on the applications. And that's, I think, being able to find the balance. 
the other thing I would say, which I am terrible at, is apply sooner rather than later. I think we have all had personal experience of this, but don't wait for the day before the deadline to submit because they may well start interviewing three weeks before that. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if that's a sore topic, girls. <laughs> and then if um, the applications we do do materialise into an interview, um, What's everyone's best tactic for job interviews? Job interviews are very different from, um, you know, uni or master's interviews because I was really surprised to find out that people actually ask you very set questions and that those, you know, something that I did quite naively, not thinking that was, that was what was going to happen, was to type 10 most common uh interview questions and they all came out of course it's important to prep but I think also over prepping is another issue that I'm sure I've in the past kind of fallen victim to where you kind of it almost like it consumes you for the week before or a few days before your interview but then you get to it and you're like oh I've got so much in my head because I've done so much preparation and you just can't like I end up not saying the things I wanted to and the things that would have been really good to talk about just having that bank of HR questions that you can like pull out last minute is useful. Do not assume that they have your CV and your cover letter in front of them and they have read it and they know who you are. Go into that interview as if these people have never heard of you in your life. But also your personal projects. Obviously in your CV and cover letter you want to put everything like even the boring bits of stuff that you've done because that shows all your transferable skills and, and, you know, that's necessary to their job description. But an interview, you do get to show yourself as the exciting, innovative person that you are. So having those side projects and then being able to talk about them in an engaging way in interview, they also want to get to know you and they want to know what kind of person you will be to work with. And Annie, you worked with a recruitment company um, to get, find your job. How was your experience of that? My experience was with a great recruitment company, Withdraw Recruitment, who placed me um, in my current position. Um, and they were really supportive. And I was very transparent about the fact that I didn't know how it worked getting a job with a recruitment company. And they really held my hand through the process and explained everything to me. Um, and the great thing about working with a recruiter is that there is a mediator between yourself and the employer that means that you know that the process is going to be treated in a proper manner um, and that the recruiter is there to kind of protect your interests as an applicant. We're now going to take a quick break from the job hunting conversation and jump to an interview I did with Emma Restall, a junior consultant for Draw Recruitment, which is an arts recruitment company. We chat about her role and what's involved in working with a recruiter, especially as a young graduate. Hi, Matilda. Yeah, so my name's Emma. I'm one of the junior consultants here at Draw. Um, we focus on recruitment within the arts and my job is to speak to sort of junior candidates and recent grads like yourself <laughs> and help them with their job search. Amazing. And could you describe Draw for me and the role of a recruiter? Yeah, sure. So we're a small recruitment team and we focus on searches within the arts. 
And the role of the recruiter is to find the right match for roles that our clients need assistance with and to assist our candidates with their job search. So it's a balance between the two. And why should graduates consider using draw recruitment rather than sort of directly applying to a company? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a really tricky time for recent graduates. So I think any extra help is useful. You should be doing all of those things. Um, But not only can we advise you on your CV and the state of the current job market, but, you know, we've got our blog that has a lot of great resources for finding jobs, working out what's right for you, interview tips, and as mentioned, CV advice. Um, As I said, I focus on the junior searches and I really enjoy talking to recent graduates such as yourself and sort of helping in any way that I can. Unfortunately, entry-level roles have really taken a hit during the pandemic, but with the promise of things reopening, we hope to see a lot more coming up. And what's your uh, target client group? Um, So we have quite a diverse range of clients within the visual arts. So that's predominantly commercial art galleries and auction houses, but our clients also range from small family-run antiques dealerships to art technology platforms, arts editorials, blue chip galleries and everything in between. (laughs) Could you talk a little bit about sort of the process and what's expected of an applicant working with you? Yeah, so I mean that there is no expectation. We're we're here to help. So as you know, as we've we've had a chat, what we do is you send us your CV and we'll register you on our database. And then that means that you can come up in any searches that we might do for a role. And then moving forward, we would have a little chat with you. before the pandemic, that would be in person. So we'd meet with you, kind of get to know you a bit and understand what you're looking for. But now we do that via Zoom. And then moving forward, when a role comes in that you're suitable for, we can have a chat about that and hopefully put you forward for it. And then you might get a job like your um, colleague Annie, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions or at least I ha- I didn't quite understand what a recruitment company was um, before talking to you at Draw. Um, do recruitment companies take a cut from your pay when they find you a job? No, not at all. So it's actually against the law to charge for work-seeking services. So an agency could, for example, charge you for CV services um, or something along those lines, but they it's against the law to charge for work-seeking services. So we're here to give you kind of free free help. <laughs> That's good to know. So don't don't trust a recruitment company that asks for it. And what is it about recruiting in the arts that's so different from other fields? So in terms of the actual process of recruiting, um, I wouldn't say that it's that much different. Each sector has different requirements that will need to be fulfilled for a specific role. Um, But what is different is in the art market, there's obviously a strong prevalence towards internships and volunteering compared to other sectors. Um, This is because most organisations are small to sort of mid-sized companies. They don't have the capacity to do more corporate traineeships or graduate schemes. And I know you've done a whole podcast on the subject of internships. Um, And another difference, again, because of the size of the art world, because it is still quite small compared to other sectors, is, um, you know, that's why we take such a personal approach to recruiting, because we've all worked in various positions within the arts. So we meet, or currently Zoom, um, all our clients and candidates that when we put someone forward for a role, we know that they're a good fit.
And you work uh, specifically with candidates looking for entry level and junior roles. Uh, do you have any advice for new graduates looking for work at this difficult time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so difficult as a new grad um, in the arts at the best of times. And obviously the current circumstances are extremely challenging. Um, so I would suggest doing as much networking and outreach as is possible from home. LinkedIn is a really good resource for this. If you have any academic projects or side hustles that you're involved in, then make sure that they are mentioned on your CV. Any work experience at the moment is really good, whether it's in the arts or not. I think a lot of people assume that non-arts related experience is not relevant, but particularly at the moment, it, it really is. So, you know, good admin skills, database experience, marketing, digital marketing, all these skills are really transferable to roles in the arts. And any employer looking at your CV in this time will understand that it's just really good that you've been proactive and working, even if that's in a supermarket, you know. And you obviously um, speak to employers all the time. What is the most important thing that they look for on a CV? Yeah, so that's that's a tricky one, actually. It really does depend on the job that is being hired for. However, I think the most important thing is that your CV is concise and coherent with no typos. An employer will spot a typo that has been missed no matter how many times you've proofread it. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, Obviously, we've got Draw Recruitment on the website under resources, so our listeners can go find you there. Yes, and and please do get in touch with me if you are a recent graduate in the arts. My email is very simple. It's just Emma, (laughs) E-M-M-A, at drawrecruitment.com. And we'd love to have your CV on file and have a chat with you about what you're looking for. And just also, you know, at this time to offer some reassurance because it is a bit miserable and it is really difficult. So that's what we're here for. And hopefully with commercial galleries being able to open next week, things will pick up and we can all sort of onwards and upwards. (laughs) Definitely. Thanks, Matilda. And now back to the Hang It group to keep on chatting about job hunting. What's the biggest negative of job hunting in the arts? It's just a very, it's a tiring process and it feels very alienating. We're obviously in a a moment where we're up against people with years of experience and it's exhausting and disheartening. I've actually been keeping a spreadsheet, which is a bit sad, (laughs) of all the jobs I've applied for applied to recent uh, like in the last six months and I think it was something like out of the well at the time when I did the like calculation so this was like a few months ago I'd applied to like 35 jobs or something and out of those jobs about 20 hadn't got back to me so I'd only heard back from like 10 to 15 which is just like I think so bad (laughs) and so disheartening when you put so much time into these applications. I would agree that the lack of feedback is the hardest part. I will say it's worth taking into account as well, um, but that's also paired with smaller organisations particularly who are just at absolute capacity at the moment because perhaps half of their staff is furloughed, so they just don't have the manpower to go through all of these applications. It is a full-time job that has no you don't get a salary and you don't get, you know, there's no time off and there's no weekends because there are deadlines. How do you stay positive and motivated while job hunting? 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, like we said, it's a full time job. Treat it as a job in a way. Make don't don't do things at the weekends, because otherwise, and I feel like this is with lockdown as well. Time just blurs into one. For the longest time, I was ashamed to say how upset I was of getting constantly rejected. And I had a conversation that was where that person said to me, well, you are allowed to feel shit. It's completely okay to feel terrible. Because it is so tough when, especially during those times where we're not, we can't even go to the museums we want to work out. It's a hopeless place when you're trying to convince proper adults that you can do things and they should pay you to do things. Um, but having this group and having something to work for um, has been so useful. Uh, having projects on the side, we have Hang It, which has honestly given me so much motivation, so much life. The art world specifically is a really unique place to be a job hunter. And often your friends who are in other industries or your parents who are in other industries have no idea because it's completely different to applying for jobs in any other sector. So if you can find other people your age looking for jobs in the same industry and just chat and exchange and support each other like we have managed to do, that is the most important thing. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope this has been useful listening to our top tips and moans and groans as well um we'll leave any websites resources or links um down below as well as the transcript and don't forget to follow us on instagram at hang it collective all one word to keep updated on all our new content thanks bye, bye. bye.